Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Our conversation this episode is about need. Need being the most vulnerable expression in our marriage. Uh, and and I think part of that is so deeply tied and connected to uh, our own story of need. Again, so much of our interaction in our marriage uh, is directly connected to our own story, our own family of origin, specifically the ways in which need was navigated or expressed or responded to uh, in our own story. Because that intersection, the intersection of our story uh, it, with our own family, the way it intersects with the way we experience and express need in our marriage. I think it's also vulnerable because when we put a need out there, there's the opportunity for our spouse to dismiss it or ignore it or not pay attention to it or maybe, you know, minimize it in some way. And so we might feel like, I don't know if I'm allowed to need this or I'm not sure I want to express this and kind of put myself out there. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty vulnerable. Absolutely. And there, there's a level of vulnerability. There's a level of risk. Uh, and I think for, for us to be intentional uh, about the messaging around need, uh, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I grew up in a family where uh, need was often off limits, uh, where it was just seen as something uh, that, it wasn't okay to need something either relationally or physically from someone. So I, I, I had to learn to be fairly self-sufficient, just take care of it myself and figure it out on my own. And, and so of course, when I entered into, you know, marriage with you, with Lisa, uh, there was a, there was a part of me that, that had to work really hard to be um, intentional about expressing need because that, that was almost counterintuitive for me. And I think for many of us, depending on the culture or generation that we grew up in, that's a familiar message. It's a common message uh, that 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 I'm fine, I'm good, uh, I, I'm going to work hard to not need. Although, you know, marriage is about needing the other. Uh, marriage is about depending upon the other. On the other, often we work hard to not need. And I think what you said earlier, Lisa, is helpful. Is is often we refrain or keep from expressing need. Because I think our core fear uh, for all of us actually is if and when we name need is that our need would be dismissed, ignored, minimized, uh, or even mocked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, I think judgment comes in and we tend to want to maybe judge whether or not we should need this. And, and again, with the culture, you know, being needy is not something that is acceptable or desired and we don't want to appear needy, but yet, you know, we've married someone that can help attend to our needs and only can, that can only happen if we express our needs and they understand what our needs are. And so we're kind of in this bind mm -hmm. where we might need something, but we're hesitant or resistant to asking mm -hmm. for what we need. Yeah. I think one of the helpful things that we would invite you as listeners to be aware of is is uh, the idea, the sense of script, meaning what do you tend to say to you about your need? It, what do I tend to say to me about my need? Lisa, for you, what do you tend to say to you about your need? That's a helpful awareness uh, to be to hold 
in the context of your relationship because sometimes we're not even aware of that script. We're not even aware of of what we say to ourselves about our need. And, you know, like I said, for me, it was the script was not need. Uh, it's not okay to need. How about for you? What would you say your script is or has been? Um, I think I think it feels pretty vulnerable to admit to need. I was also pretty independent. I mean, we are first, we're both first born. We both um, were able to kind of take care of ourselves and kind of had that attitude of independence. And so again, that sense of, you know, I can take care of myself. I don't, I don't really need anything. And so when I, when we do come to a place where we have need, um, it often feels kind of scary, you know, like, Ooh, I can't take care of this by myself or I just really need help or, um, there's just all kinds of needs. I mean, so having to admit that sometimes is really hard and it feels like, you know, I think that's where shame can kind of creep into where, you know, I just don't feel that I can ask for this or that I should need this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think that script is a common script of sounds something like what's wrong with me that I need this. That's a very common script for many of us of, uh, I, I should be fine. I ought not to need this. Uh, it's no big deal. We, we try to even minimize it ourselves so that we don't uh, experience the vulnerability or the risk of actually naming need. And our invitation, both for, for the two of us, but also for you as listeners, is is that actually when we express need uh, and and offer need, it's an opportunity for connection, which is what marriage is all about. It's all about connection or the hope for connection or the pursuit of connection. So to withhold need, to repress need, to ignore need, to minimize need actually at times can can fuel a sense of disconnection in our marriage. For many of us, we're, we're again, not often aware of uh, the messaging. So to be aware, to, to hold awareness, to invite one another, to be curious with one another of of what was the script what, or what is your script and, and, or what was the story around need? Uh, because that greatly influences the way we then navigate need in our marriage. You I know think, what? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think there's, you know, all different levels of need. There's just kind of basic needs. Like I noticed um, this morning I was kind of feeling a little frustrated. And so I needed a chair to be carried outside <laughs> out of Rondark. Adirondack chair. <laughs> and um, I could have asked Steve to help me, but I was just kind of feeling like I wanted to take care of myself. And so I lug in this chair and it's kind of hurting my it's back. It's a heavy chair. <laughs> Steve saw me and why didn't you ask for help? And it's just a simple thing, but you know, I just, I don't know. I just felt like I didn't want to ask for help right then. Because? I, did, it's, I don't know. It just felt vulnerable. It felt like I didn't want to need something from you right then. Because? I don't know. It's just, it it crops up and it's kind of a funny thing. Were you bothered that you needed help? I guess. Okay. But then there's other needs that are more subtle, like I want to be noticed right now. I think Mm -hmm. that's a common one for both of us that, you know, I might just want to be noticed. I I might want to compliment. I want want you to notice me in some way, which is um, more of a subtle need and it's really hard to communicate. And I think for you, a lot of times you want me to notice when you've done something and Mm -hmm. to express gratitude and say, thank you. And, and sometimes I don't notice it and it just kind of goes by. And so that's more of a, a more vulnerable, subtle need. So I think there's just like these all kinds of levels of needs going on in any given day that we're trying to navigate. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I think what, what you just named is helpful is that sometimes it's not about the expression of need, but it's actually the acknowledgement of need. That our vulnerability mm-hmm. uh, isn't always connected to the expression of it, but it's actually acknowledging that it exists. Uh, that that sometimes is where where vulnerability is uh, cultivated and or experienced is the willingness to at least acknowledge this is a need of mine, and and not that we have to name it outright, but like like you in the chair, like what what what, what wasn't okay about asking <laughs> for help? You needed help. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just you know we get our, in our little feisty ways, and sometimes it doesn't make sense, and mm. could be connected to all kinds of things, but. I think that's just an example of how it just shows up constantly, you know, daily. Um, I think sometimes we can resent the need, you know, that mm -hmm. we can sometimes, what's wrong with me that I need this? Uh, Mm -hmm. I should be able to do this or take care of this on my own or it should, you know, it it shouldn't be that important. Yeah. Or or prideful, prideful you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. prideful that I can't manage this by myself and I have to ask for help. You know, I think a lot of times, um, when our kids were younger and, and I felt like I needed to manage the kids. I needed to manage the house. And maybe it was a pride thing, you know, that I didn't want to admit that ugh, I, I can't take care of everything. And I need, I need some help because I don't want to, you know, ask you because you're, you're working or whatever it might be. It could be the reverse, you know, but yeah, when you were working and I was managing some of the things at home, same thing. Yeah. Like, I should be okay. I, I I should be able to take care of this on my own. I shouldn't need help. So 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 the intentionality in this conversation for us, but also for you as listeners, is to be aware of what is the messaging. What do you tend to say to yourself about the need? That that often the judgment that we have toward our need can sometimes come out and be projected and be experienced as even resentment of the other. This is what it looks like. Is is um, where we live now. We have um, lots of yard and lots of things to take care of and. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, but, but I also love, uh, when Lisa notices, uh, when I take care of things, it's just, I, I, it's like this innate need, this innate need to be for Lisa to notice, you know, maybe what I do in the yard, what I take care of. And, and again, it's not like it's constant. It has to be, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's not like that. It's just every (laughs) once in a while, maybe (laughs) once a week, maybe just once a week, there's a acknowledgement or, you know, expression of gratitude. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, taking care of that. I think I really appreciated that. It looks great. But, but here's what happens is when, when, uh, it's not acknowledged or not noticed, it's not so much that I'm bothered with Lisa. It's actually the botheredness is more connected to that. I'm bothered that I actually need it, that I actually need to be noticed, that I actually need the gratitude and and so it's you know, it's it's not helpful to say oh just express your needs more in your marriage that's not the point the the point is what do you tend to do say feel think believe about your own need and that's directly if not always connected to your own story but when we withhold need when we hide need uh, a, a, a repressed need if you will leads to disconnection. So often in marriages, I think that's what happens is, is we minimize it, hide it, pretend, quote unquote, pretend that it doesn't exist. Uh, that actually creates distance in our marriage, which is not what we hope for or long for, but it's a natural response hmm. because the judgment comes toward ourselves from ourselves of it's not okay for me to need. I, I just, I just should be okay. And whenever we hear that word should, it, it, 
it automatically implies judgment. Hmm. It's it's um, if not always a sign of of judgment is the undercurrent. So being aware of what do you say to you about your need? I think that's yeah, that's really well said. I I think we were created actually right mm-hmm. to need. God created us that mm-hmm. we would need the so other. Um, and I think that's hard to accept. You know, I think that's why we went into rebellion and um and wanted to be like God. You know, we 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 want to be able to do everything for ourselves and we that's just not how we were, we were created. Mm-hmm. And and in the marriage relationship, we were really created to depend on one another, to to need one another, to encourage one another, and all those things. And um, sometimes that's a really hard realization. I mean, not sometimes, like on the daily, <laughs> it's a hard realization mm-hmm. that, ah, oh, I need you to help me, or I need you to notice me, or I need something. Mm-hmm. I'm not complete within myself. I can't do it all myself, and that's hard. Yeah, that's a, that's a good reminder that that we're hardwired to need, that we're hardwired uh, to, to, to be met by the other, whatever context that might be, that, that our marriage is designed for connection, that our marriage is designed for need to be responded to. I think part of where for the two of us and also for those of you listening, at times where we can get stuck uh, is what happens when our need is not responded to when we do express it. What happens when... Our need is sometimes minimized or refused or dismissed or ignored. And this, again, is uh, where we make vows, where we make loyalties, where we where we become embedded in the script of, I will not do that again. I will not say that again. I will not express it again. So, so our hope in this conversation is for you to be aware of, how do you notice yourself responding to your spouse when need is expressed or need is offered? How do you tend to respond? The ways in which you respond relationally. What do you what do you tend to say? How do you tend to respond? Because we have such significant impact on our spouse's stories, our spouse's script, when for in whatever way uh, we tend to either ignore or minimize or dismiss, uh, it 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 has such a powerful, sometimes even toxic impact mm-hmm. uh, on what our spouse then begins to say to themselves about the need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's also where knowing each other's story is really helpful and spending time, you know, maybe talking through different scenarios that you remember. Um, You know, Steve and I have talked a lot about our stories and he has shared a lot with me about growing up in a military family and moving a lot and, and having to go take care of himself and find some new friends and, and just kind of be independent. Um, parents were both busy. And and so sometimes even the simplest of tasks is hard for him to ask for. And we had um, one situation where he had asked me to pick up his contacts one day. <laughs> and and I was like, sure, I'll pick them up, you know. And, and my day got busy. And then uh, at the end of the day, he said, oh, did you pick up my contacts? And I was like, oh shoot, I forgot. Okay. I'll get him tomorrow. So of course another day goes by and my day got busy and for unforeseen situation circumstances. And, um, again, he asked, Hey, did you get my contacts today? And oh, I knew it. Oh no, that's twice. So, um, I knew that was, you know, not going to be good. 
So I think, I don't know if you said, fine, I'm just going to go get it myself. Or I think after the third time, <laughs> I said, been three never times. mind, I'm going to take care of it yeah. on my own. <laughs> and I think that's a, a time when, you know, it kind of blew up and we had to have a conversation about it. And I don't know if you remember what you shared about, but I think it was a time when I was able to really kind of understand. To me, that was just a simple thing like, okay, do you need him today? I mean, what's the big deal, right? I'm thinking this in my head. You don't need him till next Wednesday. So what does it matter if What's I get him today deal? or tomorrow? Mm-hmm. But what did it communicate to you? Oh, I think it communicated that my need wasn't important enough. It, it communicated to me that that my need is, I think, doesn't matter. You know, that uh, it's not as important as something or someone else. And, and, and I think that's, for many of us, it, the risk in actually expressing or naming a need and it not be responded to that that's where we really can struggle is somehow the need not being responded to or not being met can imply you're not important. It can imply your need isn't important. And so where for us, we, we've, we can become really stuck in those moments. And I think for many listeners, there's, there can be a sense of stuckness of, so what happens when the need isn't responded to or it isn't met, then what? Well, well, I think what we're trying to be intentional about is Yes, it's important that the need is met, but actually what I believe, what we believe is more important is that the the need is the, that there's a validation of the need. I can see how that's really important to you. I can see how that really matters to you. So it's not so much about always being able to respond to the need because we can't, we're human. I, I can't fully be what Lisa needs. Well, and I could undo that I had forgotten for two days. So sure. it's it, I could beat myself up. I could... I could, there could be judgment. Yeah, What's wrong could, with me that I forgot? Yeah, and it, yeah. most likely I probably blamed. Like, what's the big deal? Gosh, which I'll get him the did. next day, which. <laughs> <laughs> which is really common. It is common. And and when you and you tend to simplify, like when you don't understand the need, and I mean, really, it was a simple need, but it was connected more to his story, you know. And as I understand that more, um, as we begin to understand each other's story better, mm-hmm. we just begin responding better to each other. You know, like not what's the big deal, but oh yeah, that's kind of that's something that you struggled with. Yeah, being... and but even that phrase, "What's the big deal?" Not not that you speak it often, or I didn't necessarily say it, but I'm thinking it. Right, you know, sometimes. Right, which which I think for many couples, any hint of judgment like that, any hint of minimizing, any any hint of it somehow being seen as less than sends you into hiding. It, it sends us into hiding. We we we. I mean, literally, we go away. We we just don't engage, and 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 how come we go into hiding because we can't bear the reality that we actually have a need. It it only sends this message of there must be something wrong with me, which to me is a core message around shame. And a then core and only highlighted when not only do I have a need, but my spouse is choosing not to meet it or forgot to meet it forgot. or is forgot. ignoring it or minimizing yeah. it. Yeah. So it's just that much more hurtful. Mm-hmm. And again, not focusing on the outcome, you know, not focusing on the fact the need was met or not met or however, but just the communication of I have this need and the communication of the other. Wow. I get that you had that need and I, I get that I missed it. And mm-hmm. that's all it is. I mean, that, Yes, it's nice for the need to be met, and we, we don't want to minimize the, the reality of how important it is. But if that's the objective of expressing need, it's a setup for failure. So 
it it like what you just said is helpful. It's it's that oh I oh yeah shoot I can see how that's important to you. I can right. see how that matters. That that's what we crave in the both feeling of need and the expression of need is the validation and the understanding of the need. That that would be the the if if we could invite you to to one place of of remembering and holding on to in this conversation, it would be that is that my wife, my husband, my spouse craves understanding and validation with regard to the need that that's 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 as good as it gets it's as good as it gets i mean, <laughs> I mean it, sometimes it, that's that's all you really need it because you know the other person can't undo it mm-hmm. i mean especially if it's something they didn't do mm-hmm. and then but then sometimes the need does linger and you um you still have the need and the other might be able to say you know i get that you have that need and and I'm either going to work hard to meet that or I'm sorry that I can't right now or whatever it is, but it's that this is the part that we're talking about is this in-between part, this, this communication that builds the connection, this communication about the need and why you have the need and, and my understanding of me and my understanding of you. And um, so it's really not about the need being met, but more about how we communicate mm-hmm. that leads to the connection and the, and the intimacy. Absolutely. So our invitation for you as we come to an end is what was the story for you with regard to need in your own family and your own family of origin? What did you tend to notice? How was need responded to? Uh, how was it reacted to uh, relationally uh, when you either felt need, had need, expressed need? What did you notice? And then how might that impact uh, the two of you in your marriage? Where do you notice that story, those stories intersecting? Uh, and and the second thing, second piece would be, what do you tend to say to you about your need? Going back to the word script, what what is what is your internal script uh, with regard to need? What do you tend to say, think, feel, and believe about the need that you do have? And and lastly, how might you we be a bit more intentional about communication, communicating, uh, validating the need that your spouse expresses? in a way that that is honoring, in a way that is kind, in a way that is tender, in a way that communicates, I see you, I notice you, uh, I believe in you, I want to be with you. Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us at the reconnectinstitute.com.